What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, on this lovely Widow Wednesday with the Rogue One at Gary Widow. Good morning, Greg. I've got a couple of uh, apps here that need updating. Should I do that now? Probably not. That sounds like a bad idea to do when you're live streaming. <laughs> Shall I update the app that controls my mic right now? What do you think? No, that's a terrible. Don't okay, do, I'll that. do that. Don't do that. I'll do that. Do now that let's address later. the elephant in the room, Gary. Your eyebrows have decided to go rogue today. What's happening? Don't bring it up. I don't know. Kevin Kevin mentioned that one of my eyebrows looks a bit weird. And now, I was so like, really? It. And then no, I looked at it. You, like, whatever you just did, you brushed it down. Yeah, and it looks normal now. No, it's for still a while, got a little, it looks like know. it's winking I don't at me. Care. Why is it winking at it? Wait, I don't Gary, know. Is this a British thing? Is this a well-known British thing? I don't know. Maybe I should just shave them off. Oh my god! If you want to do that right now, that's content for no. us. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna look do it, and then have your daughter come down and draw them on. Sponsored stream one day. Sure, sure, sure. You, sure, you sure. think, Gary? You think if you shave them off, your daughter would like it would scare your daughter if she didn't know? And you were like, "Hey, oh come yeah, here. she doesn't." I mean, remember, remember when I had a shaved head for a while? She didn't like that. I had to grow it back I because like I, I would have preferred to stay bald, but I grew it back because she really didn't like no, it. No, no. Did she cry when she saw it? This looks good. No, she didn't cry. She just wasn't happy about it. She well, my thrilled. mom dyed her hair uh, like when she she had brown hair when I was growing up, and then she like uh, frosted it blonde or whatever. I burst into tears. How old were you when you burst into tears? Sixteen. I was a grandma Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Grandma Miller's house. I was getting babysat, so I don't know. We'll say five, six, maybe five. Well, you believe six, sixteen, right? Uh, sixteen, yeah, that was funny as hell. That was a good answer. That was a great. I remember answer. back yeah. in my very, very, very early games journalism days when I was barely out of my teen, my teenage sure. years. Yeah, because I started in that business when I was like fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of drinking back then. And I think me and a bunch oh, of like God, fellow games journalists. The games industry. Well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in more than 10 years, but back well, in I the know day, you I, haven't. I, yeah, I, drank, yeah, yeah. I drank my fill, as you know, and uh, back in the teen, back in my teenage years, there was a bunch of us, we all went out drinking and got totally hammered, and one of the guys fell out, passed out on the couch, and someone said, oh, let's shave his eyebrows oh. off. And some evil genius said, no, 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 shave one of them off, and then he will have to shave the other one off oh, himself, because God. having no eyebrows is, is obviously not as bad as having just one. No. no, and I remember no, thinking no. that that was that was a particular both. particular piece of I, evil genius on their part. I would have gotten furious. I would have for sure left one. If someone shaves one eyebrow, I leave the other one. You would leave it. You would just go around with with one. Uh, it's better than none. It's better than none. <laughs> Maybe right? you know, just get a sharp, just get a sharpie and like draw the other one on. What do you it, think? Yeah, you exactly, exactly. I believe if memory serves right, uh, Grant, my mom's mom, uh, Grandma Kennedy. Uh, she was told by a friend that if she shaved her eyebrows, they would grow back uh, fuller, and then they just never did. And she had to draw them on the rest of her life. I think I have that story right, but it's been a long time since I heard. I mean, that story. you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people in their older years, they you know, they, they, I mean, there is such a thing as an eyebrow pencil. Like people sure. do literally sure. draw their eyebrows on. Sure. But yeah, it's I don't know if you've ever. I remember somebody, some one one kid in my class back in my school day, shaved his eyebrows off the day before the school photograph. Smart guy. Um, and it's you don't realize how much your eyebrows contribute to the overall look of your face until they're gone, and then you realize yeah. you look really weird. Anyway, we're off to a good start, uh, Greg. Yeah, yeah, funny funny eyebrows daily. Yeah. A widow Wednesday on Tuesday. You know we're going to have some good time. But on fine, let's talk about some game stuff, like the, PlayStation I, I, I 5 say, VR I, details. Uh, what? Sometimes, as you know, Greg, I've taken the time to scroll through Twitter and, you know, the, the, the news headlines. And I know a little bit about what's coming today. I've been running around all morning. I don't know shit. So you oh. are going to get those nuclear fresh, hot off the grill takes from me. 
That's what we bring you around for. That's what we want from Gary Witta. So let's get some takes on PlayStation 5 VR details. Don't nod's plans for the future and Resident Evil sales. We'll talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can be part of the show with your questions, your comments, your concerns, your squad up requests, and everything under the daily video game son of course on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get a bunch of exclusive content you can toss us a buck to say hey good job and you can get this very show ad free along with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you can watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games just like lexi gunner is frog knight joshy g is in the lou 55 r uh, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday housekeeping for you right now there's a brand new games cast up you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can go to roosterteeth.com you can go to podcast services around the globe and get the games cast as we talk about fall 2021 predictions a whole bunch of e3 2021 predictions and bring in the one the only jeffy grub grub from games beat to answer for his crimes and predictions about bethesda and microsoft uh thank you to our patreon producers uh blackjack and tom bach today we're brought to you by doordash and burrow but i'll tell you about that later when i put on a sweatshirt for no reason then take it off right before i come back uh but for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report six items baker's dozen number one gary widow i know you love tech let's the one on the roper report no 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 i'm just telling you sorry not one day one day I'm sure one day you will be. Because what, what, you keep talking about the projects you're working on. What game are you working on right now? What, what, what game are you writing? We'll get there. We'll get there. You're working on a game? You some game stuff? Uh, number one for today. Uh, let's talk about some PlayStation VR 2 details. We go to Upload VR, where Ian Hamilton writes. Sony's next generation VR headset for PlayStation 5 has significantly higher resolution, inside out tracking, a vibration motor, and even foveated. Render, rendering, I don't know what that is. Reliable sources tell Upload VR. We don't know the product's name, uh, but multiple sources tell us Sony shared details with partners. Those details include a resolution of 4,000 by 2040 pixels, parentheses, uh, 2,000 by 2040 per eye, a lens separation adjustment dial, and gaze tracking capable of foveated rendering. Uh, Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell me what the fuck foveated is. Or in... in foveated okay uh, a motor in the headset can be used uh, by developers to give direct haptic feedback sony previously confirmed uh it is developing a next generation wired vr headset for playstation 5 to release sometime after 2021 and revealed the controllers for the upcoming device with analog sticks and finger position sensing finger position sensing Plus, resistive triggers that can push back at your fingers when pressed, as seen in the PS5's own DualSense controller. The resolution of the upcoming Sony headset is slightly less than HP Reverb G2, parentheses, the current market leader in consumer VR headset resolution, and slightly more than the Oculus Quest 2. 
The resolution should amount to roughly 8.16 million total pixels. The new VR headset will use a USB Type-C connection between the console and headset. The PlayStation 5 features a single USB-C port on the front of the device. The new Sony headset will use its onboard cameras to track the position of the new controllers, thereby simplifying setup dramatically compared to the current generation and unlocking more movement freedom for players. Taken altogether, the new features define a truly next-gen virtual reality experience planned by Sony for PlayStation 5 owners. The resistive triggers could differentiate Sony's VR experiences, while the inclusion of eye tracking may take the technology to mass-market consumers for the first time. Meanwhile, the higher resolution and easier setup would be dramatic improvements compared to the first generation of PlayStation VR system. Before I even get Gary Witta's hot take, his lightning fresh hot take, what we're going over here is Kebab says, foveated rendering means the game can tell you what you're looking at and prioritize rendering that, that over what you're not looking. All right, so it goes back to the whole eye tracking thing. Thank you very much. Oh, and Jeff Grubb wrote in too. And he says the same thing. Tracks your eye, downscales everywhere you're not looking to save performance budget. Thank you, Kebabs, Nanobiologist, and Grubb for all writing into that. Uh, Gary Witta, what does this do for you? Uh, uh, I like it. It's good. I, uh, I'm a VR fan. Yeah. Um, and as you know, I've spoken about VR, you know, had, had cause to talk about it several times on kind of funny over the years. I'm a big fan of VR. I just think that the technology is always a little bit behind where we wish it was. You know what sure. I mean? It's always, it's always been there ever since, you know, the very first, you know, Oculus DK one, uh, through to the retail version, you know, the valve headset, uh, the quest, you know, the, the, the quest, the go, the rift, uh, PSVR one, they've all had th- something to offer, but they've all been like, yeah, I, I, it's really hard to detach yourself from that feeling. Of like, man, I wish it were ten years from now, and this were better than it was. Like, you, sure, you're very of aware of the fact that you're at the beginning of that technology curve, and it's field of vision, uh, you know, it's it's resolution, it's the weight of the headset on your head. They're often not super comfortable. It's getting tangled up in cables. It's complicated head, you know. Um, uh, set up it's constantly having to kind of take the headset off to kind of see something on your actual tv screen or be able to type something or pick up a controller or whatever there's all these different things that make vr really cumbersome and, and clumsy but what we see with each new iteration is it getting a little bit easier and better uh you know the wires have gone away now with with some of the oculus yep. uh hardware i was i was kind of amazed when i first saw the the psvr1 the one that's currently available yeah when i saw just how many different kind of converter boxes and well they remember there were those different cables labeled like one two three four five like it's a big spaghetti jumble of cables and nobody sure. wants that yep um and you know, so I never really bothered with it, but I've all because you know, the, 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 as far as like the, the technical stuff goes, the PSVR headsets kind of like at the lower to the the bottom compared to you know the index oh, yeah. and some of the higher end uh, headsets that oh, are yeah. out there. But at the same time, Sony has all these exclusive titles that you know I kind of felt like I was missing out on by not getting into PSVR. So I'm optimistic. I'm actually excited about. It. I didn't buy PSVR the first time around, but I think I probably will get it this time. Because I'm thinking, again, this next one's still not going to be, you know, Ready Player One, Holodeck, what we want it to be. But it'll be it'll be quite a bit closer. I, I imagine you're going to see a big, 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 I would say more than the PS4 to the to, you know, PS3, PS4. I feel like a VR generational jump is bigger than a console generational jump in terms sure. of, oh, yeah, cause the, because the technology is moving so fast. Because it's still a nascent technology and we're developing it and learning new things all the time. I expect you're going to see a massive, massive improvement. I, I mean, you um, hit the nail on the head right there, Gary, right? I think that was the thing when you talk about, you know, 
know, PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4, and even to an extent, stick with me. I know frames per second and performance, PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, right? It is that thing of, well, you're not getting the NES to SNES, SNES to N64, those kind of giant graphical jumps where you're seeing night and day graphical differences that where you're like, holy shit, this couldn't have existed on the platform before because what you're saying, right? Where now it's smaller movements, right? I mean, you look, you want to stack The Last of Us Part Two against a lot of PlayStation 5 games and you'd be like, well, Last of Us 2 looks better even. Uh, what you're talking about here, though, is yes, I think when you talk about what PlayStation VR to PlayStation VR 2 is going to be, I mean, the, the jump in years between the two, I can't wait for it. And I, of course, I, you know, if you're new to the show, I love PlayStation VR. Uh, I'm, I'm a big supporter of it. But what I found with the PlayStation 5 is just my, exactly what you're talking about, Gary, my lack of desire to go get the connector and the thing and the cable and the box and put it all together. And then, you know, I have the, the Gen 1 one. So it's like, wait, is this even, is this taking out some of the, yeah. is this stripping you some get, of the my thing looks it. slick over here now but i got all these extra boxes and stuff like that so it's like think of any not to mention that right now for playstation vr there really isn't a game where it's like oh god i have to go play that i need right. to go play that uh this sounds awesome i was of course super let down when and not let down but i was disappointed when playstation vr uh two for lack of a better thing you know playstation 5 vr uh got announced and they're like okay cool but it is going to still have a cable it is going to have a cable but what they're talking about here, because I wanted it to be wireless. If you haven't used a Quest, for me, using an Oculus Quest is like, holy, I mean, that was an amazing experience the first time I put on an Oculus Quest, only having known Oculus or PlayStation VR or HTC to get in there and have it. And even to this day, to put it on and be in you know, the space. And granted, graphics aren't as going to be as good as if I was wired to a tower, but it's good enough and it's cool enough. This gets me excited to the umpteenth degree or where they're talking about obviously the revolution the resolution being better than the quest they're talking about inside out tracking which is huge which you assume means no need for the camera anymore you don't have to worry about going out of frame how many playstation vr games did i play where i was like i'm exhausted I or i'm exhausted what a hard day of talking about games but i want to sit on my fat ass and play this game and so that meant when i'd have to reach low to get something my ham my camera would cut off my hand even though for some reason it's in the frame it still wasn't there and i couldn't get down I, there's so many games i would hit the invisible floor and not be able to get to it inside out tracking sounds great having that there uh i you know i know that this is a if you want to talk to snow like mike it's actually a detriment i love uh the dual sense and what they're doing with the resistive uh, the haptic feedback and the triggers and all that stuff right adaptive triggers and so not every game uses them perfectly uh some games uses them too much but you know i've been playing a, a lot of returnal last night and the way that game feels with it to think about what they would do with that kind of ha those kind of haptics in a vr in a playstation vr too what it's going to do you know vibrating my head i don't know but the controller is mixed with that mixed with these improvements like this sounds awesome gary yeah, the technology, like I said, is VR technology is growing so fast and we're learning things every day, not just about, you know, the kind of experiences that we want to have, the games and the things that we want to experience when we're inside VR. But again, just the technology, how to make it better. Like it's come so, so fast in such a short time that I do expect this to be a big jump. And some of the things are already obvious, right? I just, just from looking at the pictures, the new controllers look really cool, right? They look yeah. way better than just having to repurpose the old, you know, move controllers um so they look like really really good dedicated controllers similar to the the oculus and the valve you know controllers Index. that are out there yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i mean i i don't know if it, i don't know if it's going to be quite as quite as much as the quite as good as the index one which is super super high end of course. but i expect it to be really really good one single cable i like the sound of that as you know my big thing is the cable ultimately has to go away completely that's one of the reasons yep. why we love the oculus quest no cable now, so that means either 
either getting to a point where it's all internal, like the Quest, there's basically a PlayStation 5 in your headset, or having some kind of high bandwidth wireless connection that that is totally viable. I don't know which one of those is technologically more viable, but we ultimately the wires do need. I, I think that VR will only become truly, truly mainstream once the wires are completely gone. Um, right, and but- I think that's, if I can jump in there, like that's what Quest is doing so well of giving vr converts you know that first wave like i always talk about the ability to you know my my quest 2 is over there and i have a little quest carrying case for it right and literally if i was out allowed to travel or go if i wanted to go to a friend's house toss into my bag toss into my car go over there and guess what mom try this on and do it like when my mom came uh to kind of funny studios years and years and years and years ago now and it was the right around the launch of playstation vr we did a bunch of videos with her where we had her play and stuff and it was that thing of she had a ball playing it. She loved putting it, getting in there. But like, was I really going to sit there and explain to my, let's say my mom loved it so much. There was a killer app she wanted on it, right? She wanted to play Beat Saber, which I know wasn't a launch game, but stick with me. She wanted to play Ark- Batman Arkham VR. Uh, am I going to sit there and be like, all right, cool. So you need to buy a PlayStation 4. You need to buy, buy these move ones. You can get a bundle and it'll have the camera and do this thing. And then you got to plug this in and then you got to plug that in. And then you do like, my mom would never do that. Whereas if there was something on Quest she wanted, that'd be cool and be able to jump, jump in. What I think about this again, and like, you know, we always talk about how Lauren Lanning came on uh, the kind of funny uh, GDC showcase in 2015, right? When we were doing it out at Patreon and we were getting ready for the launch of play, or we were, we had just heard about PlayStation VR. Obviously, it would launch the next year in 2016. Uh, we had a conversation with him about it he was like well playstation is going to win it from that initial uh, you know war of everybody who's coming out because it's the easiest point of entry and see i see even though i'm with you gary that yes everybody needs to go wireless for this really to take off i think even though it's disappointing one USB-C cable back to the thing I think is good, and I think it'll actually make the games better for where they're at right now in PlayStation 5 development. So that it's like, if PlayStation was trying to sell a wireless one and try to make it mainstream, that it wouldn't even need the PlayStation 5. For this to be able to use the power of the PlayStation 5 and go that way, it's still for early adopters, it's still for hardcore gamers, it's still not for my mom, but I also think VR and the experiences aren't there yet. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. One is like, how good can they make the technology? How good can you, can you make the games? How good can you make the headset? And we're, again, we're seeing that advance at a pretty fast rate. The other, the other problem is we not, we're not yet, we haven't yet, and I suspected we would by now, I was wrong about this. I thought VR would take off um, more quickly than it has, but it's, you know, it's well, stalled out. Away, the right? last couple of years, VR's become a lot less sexy because it's not exploded the way that a lot of venture capitalists and, you know, uh, well, and, and people them. like we us. We knew that wasn't going to happen. I hated that shit. Well, and that I, was the I, thing. There I, was again, a chilling I, effect I, to it. I thought it was. When I first saw the DK1, I'm like, in 10 years, no one's going to want to look at a, at, a, at, a, at a flat screen anymore. But we still prefer to look at the flat screens because the, 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 the technology is still not good enough for us to want to go live in that headset the whole time. I do really believe it's going to get there. And we're seeing and we're seeing more evidence of that every day. We're talking about it right now. It's just going to take a little bit longer than we thought. We will eventually do you think, uh, if I can interrupt, do you think yeah, do you, are you saying you think that one day it will replace flat screens and gaming? Do you think it'll all go that way? Yeah, I still think that. I just think it's going to take longer than 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 I initially thought. But we will we will get there. I think we will eventually get to a point where the idea of looking at a game inside you know a, a 2d box like a window a, a, a two-dimensional window that's in front of us a conventional monitor you know it, it, might, it might take decades but we will eventually be talking about how quaint that was and how we thought that was cool and now we actually live in these like fully immersive you know sort of realities that completely surround us i do think we will get there but it's, it's it's farther off into the future we are getting closer every day there's a couple of things that need to happen the technology needs to get good enough again we're seeing more examples of that every day and it just and it just needs to kind of cross some kind of 
commercial viability Rubicon where it becomes popular enough and mainstream enough that it just the snowball really kind of starts to gather as it goes downhill we're not quite at that tipping point yet but if we're going to get there it's going to be a, a mainstream company like sony and the playstation which is a tr unlike a high-end gaming pc or even the oculus quest which is still a niche product the playstation 5 once it's once you can actually go into a shop and fucking buy one that's 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 truly mainstream hardware the kind of thing that by the end of this generation is going to be in everyone's living room the price is going to come down you're going to see vr bundles you're going to see more big name games you know whether it be god of war or last of us or whatever being brought into the vr space all of that's going to happen over the course of the next generation i'm pretty confident and that i think you will have i think by the end of this playstation 5 generation so give it five to ten years you're going to buy, by, by the time we're saying goodbye to the PlayStation 5 and saying hello to the PlayStation, what do you think, PlayStation 6? Hard to know yeah. what they're going to call it. They're going to call it yeah, PlayStation okay, yeah, 6. Don't PlayStation, worry about that. PlayStation 6 seems like a Once, once, like once they make a, a numbered PlayStation that doesn't like that's set a million records, think, that's Sony's when they'll dial back Sony's always had this edge over, over Microsoft, right? The naming convention just simpler and makes more sense. And that's another discussion. I think by the time we get to the PlayStation 6, VR, I think, will be... I, I think there's... I, I'll get to be that VR... You'll be you'll be playing more games in a VR headset than you are on your TV screen by the end of this generation. Clip no it. Come back to no me way. in ten years. Let's see how I did. I I, I don't think so. I, I not that, I'm not like against that kind of future. I just don't think you're going to see that adoption spread that quickly. I think by I think by the time we get the PlayStation Six, if PlayStation's played their cards right and supported this device, which is always a huge problem with PlayStation, I think then you could see it have a far larger fan, a fan base. I think it could be a pillar of the company. I think you could see a whole bunch of stuff happening. But I think we're so a long way away from what we consider right now a traditional form of gaming being taken over by PlayStation or by VR in general. Uh, and I think you know from pulling from the chat uh frog knight joshy g wrote vr gives me the arcade gaming experience again and i think that's a great way to describe what it is right now where i agree with that vr is an attraction vr is uh, a sideshow and i don't mean it in a negative sense i mean it in a way of like it's an event to break it out and put it on and play the thing and have a game you're super excited for or something you come back to over and over again and try to set a high score i think what's going to be interesting to watch this generation not just for playstation but for vr in general is will there be people to move those goalposts, right? I always talk about the fact of like, you know, I, I love games and games uh, have been my entire life and will, you know, foreseeable future forever be my entire life if nothing goes wrong. Uh, but it's that idea of if games hadn't matured past the NES and arcade stuff, I wouldn't still be playing games. They wouldn't be giving me the experience I want. And so, you know, I was, I know it's a tired old Greg adage, but in that same GDC where Lauren was talking about PSVR, Shu came by and was talking about this and was like, what we're launching and what we're building and announcing today is, you know, just like us announcing the PS1. Like, this will not be a PlayStation 4 experience overnight. And so it is interesting to think about in 10 years, has VR grown and gotten legs beyond just trying to be something that is a quaint sideshow, an attraction you do on the side where your real gaming is? We'll have to wait and see. I, th I, I think t 10 years for me is like, that. that's a conservative Yes, I, I don't think it'll happen like with maybe it's PS7. I don't know. But like, I feel like 10 years is probably the, as the least it's going to take for, for the technology to get to a point to break through where people are like, oh, my God, they're putting this, having this thing on is amazing, as opposed to where we are right now, which is most people putting, putting, putting on VR and going, that's pretty cool. Can I take it off now? Because it's starting to give me a headache, right? We're still sure. stuck there. Ten, I'd say 10 more years minimum, uh, five to 10 five is super optimistic 10 i think is more realistic we'll we'll all be living in the 
in the holodeck. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just hopeful because I'm getting old, Greg. I need this technology to come. I need I need to get to the you point are. where physical bodies don't matter sooner uh, than you do. Have I, either I, you I, I, used... I'm, I'm on the clock here, Greg. Know, have you, either of you ever used a VR uh, desktop? Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Oh, I like it a lot. I, one of my, I, I guess actually maybe I'm lying, Kevin. Maybe I haven't because you're talking about through an like, actual Windows interface and using all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used in Quest though. I, I was jumping to using the browser and using all the stuff there, which is similar, but, but not the exact I think same. Quest had a thing where you could pull up TVs, right? Like in the like, because the, the Quest has one of them had like an apartment that you can set up. Yeah, and you can no, put that's, TVs cool. that's Quest. Up. Quest has that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I never, I never did that. I went in and did oh. like uh, I'd read my Twitter feed in VR and I would look at YouTube videos and stuff like that. Quest, oh, you... Quest has a. It's only on the Quest Two, but Quest Two has a virtual desktop thing right now. They actually have a keyboard that's compatible with it, where you can have that Hello Batman Minority Report, like sit at, sit at any desk and yeah. it will like holographically project those monitors in front of you. you See, type what gets on a real keyboard, me... use a real mouse. It's cool, but again, it's not good enough yet. The idea yeah, yeah, yeah. is fantastic. The technology is not good enough to justify it yet. What I think is interesting is I, when we, I, it's so hard to do this and talk about what it'll be in 10 years because of how fast this all goes and how fast this all changes, right? And like, I think it's, it reminds me so much of when I, it, the first cell phone snake games came out and you're playing on your, your phone, right? And like, oh man, this is neat. You couldn't have envisioned the iPhone. What I, what I'm still, I love VR. I think VR is cool. I love playing games in it, right? But again, I, I'm not like so driven that I have it set up all the time. It's a special occasion for me. What I'm way more excited for is AR. I want, I, I you know, Google Glass, uh, I'm glad there's people out there <laughs> screwing around and doing stuff. I want Google Glass that looks like my glasses and can give me heads up display information. And that's where I wonder if you're going to see eventually if we're, what we're talking about and thinking about it kind of cross and become one where VR gaming and yeah, AR run together. Because they're, because they're such different technologies, right? They're similar yeah. ideas, but they're totally different, like, you know, um, R&D trees. But and, I, I wonder if that's the kind of thing where you're, you're, what you're talking about, right? Of like, okay, cool. Like it's the future and it's just there and it's how we're playing. If it was that I'm, I, when AR comes around, you start playing AR games in your Google Glass or whatever it is. And then that somehow leads to what is going on with VR and they kind of merge together into one experience. Yeah, to I mean, Apple, Apple, is bet, it too. Apple is betting everything on AR. And I do think you'll see the Apple AR glasses in, a, in you know, two or three years. And, you know, when Apple does something, it automatically kind of becomes mainstream. Totally. So I think you are going to see this stuff happen for sure. It's exciting. Super excited. I'm excited about all of it. Do you let me ask you this, Greg? Do you think we will see something like let's let let's let's get let's give each other here a good fit? Let's say that you and I be around for another 40 years. Sure. All right. So you're so okay, so we're gonna be around until 2061. Do okay. you think by that age, by that, Kevin's, t- by that, by that t- Kevin's saying not good by the science with Kevin is do, good, you, good do you think by that time? We will have anything like truly approaching Ready Player One slash Holodeck. Forty I never years. Saw our Red, Ready Player One. So I don't. Uh, there's like a Delorean, Holodeck. Right? Then I can see it happening. Yes, but it's just more about these early stages and how much people are committed to it. That's my biggest concern with all of this. Is like I, I you know, in again, Upload VR a great resource for all this. Upload VR's article I I just read to you had commentary in it that I cut out just to give you the facts about PlayStation VR. But one of the things they were talking about is obviously like Quest 2's on the market now and yada, yada, yada. And Mark Zuckerberg said that this is going to be their quest for a while, which makes me wonder, are they starting to chill on it too? Are they starting to cool a little bit and this is where they want? Or are they still going to iterate? Remember when the, in the run up to PlayStation 5, I was making, you know, one of my bold predictions was early on when t- Tim forced me to make bold predictions was like, 
I hope it doesn't happen, but I could see Sony not doing a PlayStation VR 2. I could see them saying, you know, we tried this and it's cool and it sold well, but it didn't do well enough for us to recommit to it and we want to be committed to games, games, games. The fact that Sony's still there, the fact that this sounds really cool, the fact you still people still see people making it is interesting and you hope that can push it. But the question always becomes, back to uh, Frog Knight, right? Of, uh, yeah, Frog Knight, Joshua G. Are these always going to be small experiences? Uh, is, is PlayStation VR 2 going to be exciting enough to naughty dog that they go and make something for it that we all play and are like holy shit this is next level and really takes the platform forward and does something or is it always going to be the fun smaller experiences that were like this is great for a vr game and i say all that totally knowing that i'm old enough to remember at ign when we would play xbox live games or psn games not in the first wave of psn games but eventually we're like this is great for a downloadable game. Let's talk about game of the year and downloadable game of the year. At what point do we see all that blur and you go, okay, cool, it's just game of the year because VR has come far enough. And yes, I know Half-Life Alex was on many people's shortlist last year, but you also know what I'm saying. I do think we're gonna see incredible advances in this vein of technology um, in our lifetimes. And who knows, again, it's impossible to predict. 40 years ago, we were playing Pac-Man, right? And it would be impossible to predict, it would have been impossible. Nobody predicted where we are now right yeah. the level of fidelity and the kind of gaming experiences we're having now um so who the fuck knows the one th i mean one, one one thing that i find in, in, impressive is that we are terrible at predicting the future we, we occasionally get things right but when you look at like whether it be like star trek or terminator anything that kind of looks into the future we mostly you know, some you know we go back and go oh he got like, like this person in like 1901 predict essentially predicted the iphone like every now and again you'll get like a little outlier like that but whenever you watch the i was watching a thing the other night it was like from the 1950s what life will be like in the year 2000 and it was spectacularly wrong we're not we're not good at this stuff we're not good at predicting the future We'll have to wait and see everybody. Let's hope we live long enough, right, Kevin? I mean, that, I, mean, I mean, that's my whole plan is that I feel like I'm fortunate, even though my body is like giving up on me every day. Sure, sure. I feel like I'm fortunate enough to be living in perhaps the first generation <laughs> where we can get to the point where by the end of my life, by the time my body totally kind of gives up, it won't matter. Because you'll just put my brain in, a, plug my brain into the PlayStation 9 yeah. crystal sphere and it'll be all fucking good. Yeah, you just... Put it right up on in there. Remember that it, crystal it sphere, Greg? Yeah. I still hold out hope. Oh, yeah, sure. It's totally. Baby crying. I remember all that. Oh, Don't yeah. Worry. It's coming. Number two on the Roper Report. Don't Not has been talking about staying independent and not coming back to Life is Strange. This is the one, the only, Rebecca Valentine from IGN.com. Uh, she had two different articles up from one interview. I combined them here for a very short thing. But go support Reb over on IGN. Speaking to IGN, Don't Not CEO Oscar Golbert uh, says the Don't says that don't not had actually turned down a number of companies who wanted to acquire it in recent years quote to be honest we refused several proposals he said there are a lot of people who are interested in the games industry and see the games industry as a new el dorado for investing we raised 40 million euros in january but for us it was really important that this that the historic shareholders still have the majority and still can keep the company independent that's something really important for us why is Don't Not so adamantly to, ad, adamant to stay independent? Uh, for Oscar, uh, it comes down to the identity that Don't Not has built up over the years. Quote, the values, the kind of games we want to do, it's really important for us that we keep this identity of the company for the future. I don't want to be pretentious, uh, but we're one of the games companies uh, which do these kinds of games, like Life is Strange, like Tell Me Why, and Vampire, or Vampire, uh, also in a sense. Uh, we really want to continue doing this. And uh, we are lucky because our current partners, our people who put a lot of money in our company, still let us do what we want to do. 
again, there was a separate article then, right, about uh, Don't Nod and Life is Strange. Uh, but then, according to Oscar, Don't Nod is now ready to move on. And this is in my parentheses from Life is Strange. Quote, never say never, but for the moment, it's not our strategy. Yeah, we want to create our own IPs. Uh, that's what we want to do. Of course, Don't Nod uh, made Life is Strange uh, 1 and 2, but remember, Life is Strange is owned by Square Enix. That's why you see uh, Deck 9 doing Life is Strange, before, or do, they had done Life is Strange before the storm. Now they're getting ready for the new uh, Life is Strange True Color that looks red uh gary what are you come down do you play the life is strange games you play tell me why you, you... Uh, my wife played the first life is strange all the way through and i watched sure. her play it and i enjoyed it very much we played a little bit of before the storm and we were supposed to get started on life is strange 2 uh and we didn't we went we went straight we we did try we played the first episode of tell me why and for some reason, it didn't quite stick with us. We didn't play the sure. room. Maybe we need to go back and give it a try. We love those kind of games, my wife and I. We really enjoy those kind of storytelling games where you make, you know, make the choices and solve puzzles and stuff. You know, we, we love story-based game experiences. And I, 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 feel like, I feel like I admire the Don't Nod games more than I enjoy them. Does that make sense? hundred percent. I think there's all sorts of games that, you know, I totally look at and I'm going, wow, what a quality experience with a huge fan base. And I'm not part of it, but got, go get right. them. I'm glad you're doing it. And I think that's at the core of this article, right? First off, I love Life is Strange. I love Don't Nod. Uh, I, I, as you know, uh, Oscar calls out here, right? Like the reason they're trying to stay independent is that they get to, they currently have, you know, a, a group behind them that lets them go make the games they want to make. And that's what I want to see from them. And it's like, you know, vampire or vampire. I was screwed up and I'm not even sure which is right anymore. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, yeah, that wasn't one I, I got into. Right. But I loved the both of their life is strange. Yeah. I'm a similar boat to you. Not for a negative. I had started. Tell me why I like tell me why when I finished episode one, but I was trying to play it as it came out because it was doing that week by week by week. And for some reason, I never, ever, I think, I forget what's happening. Reviews or whatever, so I never got back to two and three, which I need to. Yeah. So I remember, um, so, wasn't it was, wasn't it Hansel who said, um, "I don't listen to Sting's music, but I admire that he's out there making it." <laughs> I, I have not heard that, but that makes sense. Yes, hundred percent. Remember, remember, remember Zoolander. He's like, "Oh, who, who, who do you who do you uh, who do you like in music?" And Hansel's like, "Oh, you know, really into Sting." I said, "Oh, what do you like? What like what have you listened to recently?" He's like, "Oh, I don't listen to it. I just like the fact that he's doing it." It's like he's out there doing it. Yeah, exactly. Go get it. <laughs> yeah, and so it's cool to see them do that. I want to see them continue to do stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, for them moving on from Life is Strange, I think it would be a sad thing if before the storm didn't fucking hit so hard. Like, I, I talked about it at the time when I reviewed it, but, like, before the storm coming from Deck 9, you know, being a prequel to a beloved game, I was like, this is a very, you are behind the eight ball on this, of making this interesting, especially with no powers. Uh, and they crushed it. So that's why I'm so stoked for uh, True Colors, uh, right? True Colors, yeah. Uh, which is coming up soon. And what is that, uh, basically what? Life is Strange 3? Yeah, pretty, but yeah. Okay, but you know, cool. Yeah, well, I want to make sure I got that right. True Colors, right? Yeah, True Colors, I nailed it, everybody. September, right? Check that too. I'm here, Kevin, I might as well check it. Yeah, September 10th, I crushed all this. I'm amazing. Do you want me to uh, looking forward to that. Of course, means? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, nothing. You're doing great today. I'm real proud of you. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, remember uh, Ryan Clements, podcast beyond or former podcast beyond member, wrote on uh, True Colors. So if you don't like it, we can all blame at Palm Cider when the time comes. Gary, believe it or not, we've gotten through two stories on the Roper Report. We're already 37 minutes into this show, so I thought I'd tell you about Patreon.com/slash Kinda Funny Games. Of course, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Kinda funny games to be part of the show uh to get the show with the exclusive post show but more importantly get the show ad free and speaking of ads greg way here's me in a sweatshirt to tell you all about our sponsors
This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Do you really want to go out and get food? All right, Kevin, do you want to go out and get food right now or you want somebody to bring you food? Uh, bring me food. Ladies and gentlemen, you ain't no hunter or gatherer. Let somebody else do all the work. Use DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner? Check. Deodorant? Check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin'? Check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo? There is something for everyone on DoorDash. How do I know so much about DoorDash? Because I'm Greg Miller, and I use DoorDash all the time. I got the dash pass, so I don't pay for delivery. Sometimes Jen and I go in there, we're like, what do we want for dinner? We don't know what we want for dinner. We don't know what we want for dinner. So we look at what's being recommended, we pick from there. It's great, and it's different, and it comes to us, and it's hot, and you get to track them as they come, and they tell you where it is in the process. DoorDash is great. Now, you can get the grocery store essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the u.s puerto rico australia and now canada you can support your neighborhood go-to's or choose from your favorite national chain restaurants like popeye's chipotle and cheesecake factory a long time ago i thought it was chipotle but it's chipotle did you know that kevin <laughs> for a limited time for a limited time our listeners can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter the code games 2021 for our canadian listeners use the code games ca that's 25 percent off up to a 10 dollar value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter the code games 2021 in the u US and games CA in Canada. Don't forget games 2021 in the US games CA in Canada for 25% off your first order with DoorDash subject to change terms apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, is Burrow. If you haven't heard us talk about Burrow furniture lately, you haven't listened to Tim Gettys talk about his couch. What does he talk about all the time? It's got a USB charger built in. He loves that. But Burrow's even better than that. Most of us haven't found our forever home, which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword. You're either buying some cheap futon that you'll just leave out on the curb someday, or you're investing in an inexpensive sofa that might last forever, but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to move. You think someone would have figured out how to create quality furniture built for the way we actually live wherever we live well someone has it's burrow burrow is easy to shop for shop for everything you need for your living room online no far-flung warehouses no high pressure salespeople. plus burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need them it's easy to assemble and it's easy to move burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions make assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free and when it's time to move your burrow furniture won't hold you back uh kevin you've known tim a long time and you always call him a big old dum-dum he had no problem installing this furniture that means it's pretty simple right yep Designed for the way you live, their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically. Their award-winning Nomad sofa has Tim's built-in USB charger for all-day power. Plus, you get fast and free shipping on every order. It saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch and a logistics headache. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash games for $75 off your burrow purchase. Burrow dot com slash games thanks sweatshirt greg 
Number three on the road report, Gary goes like this. Let's talk Resident Evil sales. We have a press release out of Japan. Uh, Capcom today announced that new Resident Evil Village for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, slash Xbox One, PC has shipped over 3 million units worldwide. Cumulative shipments of the game in this series now exceed 100 million units since the first title debuted in 1996. Representing the eighth main entry in the series, the new Resident Evil Village is the sequel to Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which has gone on to ship a cumulative 8.5 million units as of December 31st, 2020. It features a higher degree of action and even more expansive, highly engaging gameplay. If that wasn't enough, oi governor, Christopher Dring over at gamesindustry.biz writes, uh, Resident Evil Village has comfortably taken the number one spot in this week's UK box charts, according to GFK Entertainment. The horror game is the second biggest box launch of the year behind Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. 49% of its sales were on PS5, 31 on PS4, and 20% on Xbox. It's the third biggest PS5 game launch since uh, behind... Yeah, last one. Since behind uh, Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which were released in November last year. It's the second biggest one for a boxed Xbox Series game, too. Behind Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, uh, it was already number three on the all-time Xbox list series behind Call of Duty and Immortals Phoenix Rising. However, it's not got... It has not got close to the sales of previous Resident Evil games. Sales are down 20, over 25% compared to the launch of Resident Evil 2 Remake and almost 40% down compared to 2017's Resident Evil 7. It did sell better than last year's Resident Evil 3 Remake with launch sales 76% higher. Of course, this is just physical sales and digital has accelerated significantly over the past 18 months. Considering the game's popularity on Steam, it is likely the game has achieved strong results once the digital data comes in this week. Congratulations to Resident Evil. Gary, have you gone into the village yet? Uh, I think we're going to start tonight. We kept, for the last couple of nights, we've meant to do it, and then like you know, life got in the way, but I think we sure. are going to make a real start tonight. My wife like, loves those games. We had a great time with uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake. We got a little way into Resident Evil 7, but then noped out because it was a bit too scary. I, I don't know if we're going to oh, say this you take on this one then, yeah. Uh, well, so was it the setting or the so first-person perspective? Um, yeah, maybe the first, I don't know, there was something just like deeply creepy in particular about that, about that one. It's a um, house. Mm -mm, no, thank yeah. you. So, and all the scorpions. I think that sometimes we don't always fully appreciate just what a big deal Resident Evil is. Like, if it really sure. is a top tier series of games, I mean, it's like, it's up there. It's one of the biggest, uh, biggest game, game series, um, out there. And it's interesting to hear that it is doing all these great numbers, like you said, you know, top three, this, that, and the other, and yet at the same time is actually off the pace uh, in compa compared to the last two big releases, two, is Resident Evil 7 and the and I don't the Resident fully Evil buy that, and Christopher remake. calls it out. Like, obviously, I, you know, I saw somebody, if we don't know the digital sales, why is this even in here? Well, we're talking about Capcom's 3 million worldwide units. I want to call it how well it's doing in uh, UK, that it's, you know, uh, the second biggest box launch. When you start drilling into it, though, to compare it, I do think that's apples and oranges, because you're looking at, what, uh, Resident Evil 2 in 2019 and then 2017 Resident Evil 7, like, yeah, I would I would expect it almost down 40% compared to 2017's Resident Evil 7, of course, because people were way more inclined to buy box games then, let alone on this side of a global pandemic. Like, that, I, think, I, I read it in there because it's stats and it's true, but I do think that you, I'm not worried about that. I, I think it's doing just fine compared to those games, probably. Do you, do you get into these games? Do you play these Resident Evil? No, I don't have enough. Here's the thing. Well, it's a loaded question. 
Yes, I play Resident Evil. No, I don't get into them. Resident Evil 7 was the first one where from the outside. Like, I should, as I've talked about before, I should be the world's biggest Resident Evil fan. Zombies are my favorite horror movie, and I love horror movies. Uh, Back in the day, I remember popping in Resident Evil 2 and just could not get over the tank controls. Just thought it was just such a clunky game that I was like, I can't can't do this, and bounced on it. So... Here and there, I would try stuff. I've played Resident Evil 4, but I played it after everybody's like, it's, you know, the EGM falling all over itself to say it was the best game of all time or whatever. Played it, and I was like, oh, this didn't live up to the hype for me personally. It's a very specific kind of game. And so, you know, I would always play the few levels of one and fall off. But 7, I thought, when it came out, I was like, it's VR. That's awesome. It's uh, It seems like a brand new start. You know, uh, obviously not to spoil stuff, but it gets into the whole Resident Evil uh, uh, lore eventually. Resident Evil 7 totally connected for me loved playing it had a great time with it really enjoyed the experience which then when Resident Evil 2 remake came around jumped into that loved it had such a great time with it it was the game I had always wanted Resident Evil 2 to be back in the day Resident Evil 3 I didn't dig as much and when I say I didn't dig it's not that I didn't like these games I just had complaints of like oh well Resident Evil 3 I, and I have to go watch the review but I remember being it was more of a conversation about how much money it's worth and I didn't want to replay it and I didn't like the actiony components of it yada 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 so then for Village I'm way odd manned out uh, on everything because I'm very much like I I don't think Village is as good as Resident Evil 7 I didn't have as good a time in Village as I did in Resident Evil 7 again not a bad game but like I was talking about on the whatnot podcast yesterday whatnots po- podcast yesterday IGN in their review had a whole section where they called out like Hey, you know, I played through this on normal and only died three times. And so I actually suggest you play it on hardcore. It feels more like a survival horror game. One of my complaints going through Resident Evil 7 was just like, this is kind of feels like a Disneyland ride where I'm just running through stuff and a haunted house ah, jumps out and I have 60 bullets and I kill it and I move on. Uh, hearing that, I was like, oh, I probably should have played it that way and I would have had a different in- interpretation of it. But for me, Village isn't as memorable as Resident Evil 7 was. But I'm also not the Resident Evil person. Tim is. Tim loved it. You know, Brittany uh, Brombrocker, <laughs> Brittany Brombrocker uh, from What's Good was on our Resident Evil Village review, available now as a kind of funny games cast. And, you know, she, of course, is a huge Resident Evil fan, said she loved the first uh, five hours or so, and then the rest she liked. And so it feels like there is this current to it but there's so many people and so many reviews out there that are saying it's their game of the year and that they love it and so it's yeah definitely heard, speaking to people i've heard nothing nothing but great things and again we were talking earlier about like pac-man and how far we've come look at look at resident totally. evil one the original game yeah. and look at what we have now and look at how far that series has come it's really really amazing i i typically have a very low tolerance for horror games i've famously said before fatal frame sorry fatal frame 2 on the playstation 2 is the last horror game that i played by myself i was like nope these games aren't for me. Fuck you. If you're going to start fucking with me, even when I'm oh, in the pause mode, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to play it. They should bring, they should bring the Fatal Frame. They really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. They really no, thank they you. Really no. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because we, we tried playing Resident Evil 7 and we noped out, but we're going to, we, we intend to come back to it, but we want to play Resident Evil 8 now because it's like the new hotness. Is it sure. going to be weird if we kind of play them backwards? If we like play 8 now and then revisit and like play 7 like down the road? That, I, I don't mean, know how myth- these games aren't that mythologically continuous. It, it, are they? This is a direct sequel to Seven, so like you are playing oh, okay. the Winters again. So like, okay, the beginning of the game is going to reference how the last game ended. You know what I mean? And oh like shit! Okay, well stuff. maybe we should knock out Seven first. Then. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but I mean, with all due respect to Resident Evil, like this is the story what we're playing this for. Like it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna. Be, I, I, it's it's that thing where you get to the end. Uh, we started even. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And there's a little recap that tells you like. Blah, blah, blah. So you could actually never even have to play 7 again. But 7 Oh, games. okay. Well, we'll give it a try. I mean, I, it, it, it's funny. I think that 7 
seemed scarier to me because it felt more like present day Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. kind of horror. And Resident Evil 8 feels like it has that more um, kind of del Toro gothic kind of thing. Yep. And that's a different that, that's a different stylistic choice. But that to me kind of takes the edge off it a little bit. It makes it feel kind of more like dreamlike and fantasy horror rather than that kind of grounded horror that that bothers. You know what I mean? I, like, uh, dude, I'm 100% with you, me. which is one of the reasons I think I, I connected with 7 again more than Village. Where seven being, and these are, if you knew nothing about Village, then I guess I would be about to spoil something. But like literally marketing and everything else is given away. And if you even thought about the game icon, it would give it away. Uh, you know, for Resident Evil 7, it was, you're a normal, in quotes, normal dude, right? Who's going to go through a whole horrible thing. Who's going after your girlfriend or wife or whatever she was at the time uh, to go get her out of this thing. And you get there and there's like the Manson family that has her. But then somehow they're like, you know, connected to, you know, being able to uh, regenerate limbs and not die. That's, you get into a horror movie that way. Whereas this one, I was playing it and it was, and I think personally that's scary, right? The way you investigate that house is scary. Whereas this one, when it was got going, and I, I was like, I obviously already knew about the gigantic uh, vampire woman everybody wants to have sex with. And so it's like, okay, and because I had been blackout on Resident Evil 7. Like, I hadn't done our, our uh, village. I hadn't done our reacts. I hadn't done anything for it. I was like, I'm in. I love 7. Let's go. And so when it gets going, and I'm like, wait, is this vampires and werewolves? Like, that's the, that's the horror I'm up against? And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, cool. Like, I love a good vampire and werewolf story, I guess. But, like, that's, I didn't feel, I don't find that it's, scary. It's like, funny. You never know. I mean, you never know what's around the corner in these games. And that's the point, right? And the funny thing about the, the big, tall vampire lady and all the memes that develop, you know, people going, oh, I'm running away, but not too fast because I kind of want you to catch me because you you're a bit, you're scary and sexy. And yeah. it's like that, that to me, like, she's a cool character, but I haven't seen anything of her that like it seems truly scary but then i was like goofing around on youtube last night and i happened to see like 10 seconds of some kind of fucked up doll that shows up yeah, in Red i love that that's like, the second nope that, the no, second that person actually you does look her, really that, creepy i thought that was super that was the kind of scary i like that was right. the creepy and i wasn't sure what's going on that was my favorite section of the game i digress though we don't have to go into that. You can go to the, the review. It's spoiler free. I think uh, we're, we're going to make a real effort to try it tonight. I want to want to start a new game. Sure. You know, just turn it on, turn off all the lights, and then pass the controller to your daughter, your young daughter. See how she oh, yeah, she oh, yeah, she'll love that. <laughs> uh, number four on the Roper Report. Uh, this is a rumor that developed since yesterday's Kind of Funny Games Daily that we're putting a stop to right now. There is no Star Wars game coming from the Gears of War developer. This is Liam Wiseman over at IGN.com. Uh, after Gears of War developer The Coalition confirmed that it was working on, quote, multiple new projects, rumors sprung up saying the team was working on a Star Wars game. Sadly, that's not the case. In a Reddit post by the senior community man manager, Sean Ackerman, uh, he confirmed that the team at The Coalition are not working on a Star Wars game, stating, quote, just to clarify regarding the Star Wars thing, we are not working on any such title. We have nothing else to announce at this time. The original rumor popped up earlier this month with Games Beat's Jeff Grubb summarizing. Now, this is quote, now I've heard rumors that there could be a Star Wars thing from out of the coalition, but I haven't been able to confirm that. And these are rumors are and these are rumors are kicked around in a few different places. Basically, I'm not putting any money on that end quote. Yesterday, the coalition confirmed it will now make the leap to developing future projects on Unreal Engine 5 and that it did indeed have multiple projects planned. That led to fan speculation that the Star Wars project was among, among them, but the studio stepped in to deny that early on. The coalition has not denied the idea that the Gears Focus Studio will work on a new IP. So it's really there you go. I'm talking about something that's not happening. Jeff Grubb lied happening. to you. Jeff yeah, Grubb basically. lied to you. That's why we talked about it for so long. I want to call out, of course, Jeff Grubb's a liar. 
and we should not trust him except for the things he said on the kind of funny games cast today that you can go get yeah a lot of time but i think it's you know it's one of those that i hadn't heard about but it had enough juice behind it that i wanted to make sure somebody that i heard i think it's interesting enough that it got spread around that way and put it in there i'd but, just like to confirm that i'm not working on a star wars game either there you go see Stick i wish i could confirm that for myself but tomorrow. i can't i can uh, neither confirm nor deny if i'm working on a star wars project right now sorry everybody love to be able to do something with a game Number five on the Roper Report, Skull and Bones has been delayed again, even though it's not really official ever. Uh, Tom Ivan at VGC. I know, right? Tom Ivan at VGC writes, Ubisoft has delayed its open-world pirate game Skull and Bones yet again. Ubisoft announced the delay on Tuesday as part of its latest earnings results, confirming that the game will now be scheduled for release during the company's fiscal year beginning in April 2022. Uh, looking ahead, Ubisoft confirmed uh, the current fiscal year will include the releases of Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six, Quarantine, Riders Republic, The Division Heartland, and Roller Champions. Quote, Skull and Bones will now be released in 2022-2023, it said. Announced at E3 2017, Skull and Bones is the first title led by Ubisoft's Singapore studio. It was originally scheduled for a late 2018 release, but it has now been delayed in four, four consecutive years. <laughs> Ubisoft said in September 2020 that it was pursuing, pursuing quote, a new direction with Skull and Bones. Confirming an earlier VGC exclusive, the game's new creative director, Elizabeth Pellin, said Ubisoft Singapore had, quote, dreamt something bigger and that fans would see the game again sometime in 2021. In November 2020, uh, the managing director of Skull and Bones studio Ubisoft Singapore was replaced following misconduct allegations. So the long gestating Skull and Bones continues to gestate. I still want to put it past seeing it at UB, uh, UB Forward uh, at E3 this year. Maybe have something. Just something. What is uh, Division Heartland? Division Heartland is a brand new Division experience that's free to play coming to PC and consoles, Gary. That's about all we know about it. Okay. It's a, it's a, it was announced the last week, right? Yeah, late last week. They yeah, I'm did glad to hear they've done it free to play. I don't know, but I'm glad to hear they're doing more because, you know, I like that universe. And well, you're getting, like don't the, forget, too, you're, this year you're getting Division 2 content, too. They're, they, well, there's probably the, not going to be a Division 3, though, right? That's I feel like that's I, I, safe. See, there. no, no, I think there will be. There will be. You think there will be? Not super soon because Division 2 is doing so well, but the fact, like, l- last week on Games Daily, I was on it and we did a whole thing about it where it was Division Heartland, Hey, this is a new thing we're doing, right? It's free to play thing. Then it, that's brand new experience. You don't have to know anything about Division. Then, hey, don't forget, because of your support and how successful Division Two was, we're doing more Division Two content this year. Then it was talking about the Division uh, uh, movie, and then it was talking about the Division book they're putting out. So they're still looking at Division and making Division a thing. It is an IP but the that team, they're but doing. The team that with. the team that makes those games is off making the Star Wars game, right? So maybe they punt it to a different team. Well, they're still working. I mean, Ubisoft Massive is still working on the Division content that's coming out. The new Division Two content, not Heartland. That's right, but in terms of Division Three, which would be a whole undertaking, that sure. would probably be another team if we're going to see that anytime. Well, soon. I think massive. I mean, I think you have. I think you. You know how it is. You psych, You spin up on one, and you spin down another. Yada yada yada. Where I think the people who are working on Division Two expansion right now, yeah, they're going to go and help on Star Wars. But I bet a small team would, if they're not already, be in pre-pro on Division Three. Mm-hmm. Unless, yeah, you know, I, I think you do both. I think you do that in Star Wars. But I'm interested to see what their Star Wars game will be. I digress. Of course, we don't have to wait long on a lot of these announcements because guess what? E3 is right around the corner, don't forget. Uh, on top of that, to round out number six, we have two announcements about E3-adjacent events. Uh, Devolver had tweeted a, lo- a while ago, E3 plans have been made. And then today they tweeted, probably June 12th. So June 12th, it looks like Devolver will be doing their own uh, E3, not E3 thing. Uh, and then, well, I guess maybe it is E3. Who knows, actually? Uh, and then EA announced today, EA Play Live is coming back. Uh, quote, we look forward to seeing you on July 22nd 
2021. So EA Play, traditionally uh, the Saturday of E3 week, uh, this time, of course, uh, E3 what being the 12th through the 15th, uh, looking like EA Play is going to give that time to breathe and come out in July 2020. Wait, no, sorry. July 22, July 22nd. I really screwed myself up there because I was thinking about the year. July 22nd, EA Play. Uh, Gary. I can't wait to see what Devolver and EA have up their sleeve because I'm sure their shows will be very comparable. Uh, but that's still so far away. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. yeah. Out today, base one on PC and Mac, the hand of Merlin on PC. Uh, this is a new date. I don't know why I inserted it in here. Uh, business is booming for traders in Red Dead Online this week as trader sell missions are paying double Red Dead Online dollars alongside a batch of offers to sweeten the completed sale. Uh, space Colony Management Sim Base One is now available on PC and Mac. BB and Tina at the Horse Farm is available on PlayStation 5 in North America. And then Street Power Football is available now on Stadia. And I know what you're thinking, Gary. Yeah, it's your kind of football. Not my kind of football. It's soccer. Proper football. New dates for you. Gravitational is coming to PlayStation VR on July 13th, 2021. Pathway is launching for the Nintendo Switch on May 27th. Panic Mode is coming to Steam on June 25th. And then the PlayStation Player Celebration is back. I'm reading from the blog. This special event calls on our player community to join together to achieve a shared set of goals and earn exclusive PSN avatars and PS4 themes in the process. Registration starts today and will remain open until May 31st. Stage 1 kicks off on May 18th. You can go to the PlayStation blog to figure out how to participate and maybe unlock some cool PlayStation stuff by earning trophies and playing games. Gary, mm. it's time to squat up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read here, the best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together today. It's a special one. Mark Freeman writes in talking about his weekly Zoom calls. Uh, he, of course, you can find Mark's uh, details on all this over at Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash theindieboy1. That is the numeral one. Mark writes, so this week marks a whole year of doing the weekly kind of funny best friend Zooms, well over 400 hours of them. So we'll be doing a special one-year Zoom Saturday uh, from 11 a.m. Pacific time till very late. We have a few surprises and reveals. Uh, <laughs> we have a few surprises and reveal of the refresh of the kind of funny museum. Parentheses hanging twenty plus new items and some giveaway. Uh, we will be having a fun time. If you have been thinking about joining us, this would be a good time. Uh, as likely, we'll be switching to monthly shortly. As usual, the details are pinned on the tweet at the Indie Boy One. Come hang out with me, Mark Freeman. Best friends, if you want to go hang out together uh, and celebrate over four hundred hours of kind of funny hangouts for a year, go to twitter.com slash the indie boy one. Check it out. Gary, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. I have good news to report. We have pitched a perfect game here. We, we, we tackle yeah, I don't know why stuff. you bother. I was going to say, I don't know why you still bother asking people because we don't get things wrong. Well, Gary, I mean, it's like, it's more like, you know, we can brag about the perfect game if we, if we know it's perfect. You know what I mean? If we, if we, if we Gary, just acknowledge, if we don't do anything with it, then how would people know how great we are? Gary. Yes. I heard you when, when, when Greg said football, soccer, you said, yeah, the real football or something like that, right? 
Yeah. But like I said, you're proper, old enough proper to, football. Yeah, proper football. But you're old enough to remember when the proper UK called football. it soccer, right? In the seventies, supposedly they they switched over. Was that weird? Well, it's it's well, you have to Was remember that though. Weird? That even you liar? The wo- no, I'm just kidding. Well, you have to remember, Kevin, that even the word soccer comes from fo- the full. It's association football. That's the full name of the sport, and the so uh, the, the association. So you shortened it to soccer. That's, that makes that's where sense. soccer comes from. Yeah, sure. Right, right, right. But it's still right, derived right. from the true and proper name. Do you think you'll ever stop calling French fries chips? Oh, I mean, I I, look, I waved the white flag on many of those things a long time ago. I I, I, use the, I use the American word and the American pronunciation for most things. To be clear, this is living not here me for attacking 25 you. Years, this is me asking you to I, answer I am for your trying country to attack you. and all your I countrymen. I am trying to attack you. Uh, it's wrong. All you British people used to call it soccer. So stop pretending. No, we've never called. No, we've never called it soccer. According to this Wikipedia no, page, I have no opened, one in England really calls in it soccer. The 70s, you guys used to, before the 70s, you used to call it soccer. And then the football leagues got together and were like, let's call it football. <laughs> Wait, where, where, where are you getting this information from? Wikipedia, the history of the word football. <laughs> Hold it together, Greg. Oh, wow. I'm, if, it's, I'm if, it's on, I'm just, if it's on Wikipedia, there's sources. All, 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 all I did was Scroll actually down. live in England in the 70s and watch football. What the fuck do I know? Do you mean soccer? No, the whole point is that I don't mean that. <laughs> well, here we go. Hold on, hold on a second. Um, you're here. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Just making sure. I want to make sure Gary's Wikipedia mentions kind of funny. It does. That's all I really care about. Okay. Sure. okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Gary and I have to go do a post show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go to be part of the show, where you can get the show ad free, where you can get that exclusive post show, where you can get the next gen podcast the kids do, where you can get a whole bunch of other stuff, and more importantly, just say, hey, you're doing a good job. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about the rest of the week's hosts. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Janet Garcia. Thursday, I'll be joined by Tim Geddes. And Friday, Blessing and Tim will take you home. If you're watching live right now on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, uh, get ready for another one of the Razer RTX 30 series podcasts. Power Blade laptop streams with Andy, Snowbike Mike, and Nick getting into the war zone to show off these cool uh, uh, laptops. If you want to catch that later, you can go to our newest YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Of course, no matter where you get this show, Kind of Funny Games Daily, uh, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, podcast services around the globe. Thank you for your support. Please consider like, subscribing, sharing it, and sharing it by just saying, tweeting it at your friends, telling your friends about it, doing whatever. It really helps us out. For now, though, Gary and I have to go do a post show. So until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.